Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi, guys, and welcome back to a new episode of Couch Talks on Unitherapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am the host, and if you are unfamiliar with Couch Talks, it is the special bonus episode of Unitherapy where I answer questions typically that you guys send to me. Where you can send them is Catherine at UnitherapyPodcast.com. However, today, I'm actually not going to answer one of those questions, but normally that is what we do. And before we get into what we are going to do today, quick reminder that although I am a therapist, this podcast does not serve as a replacement or a substitute for any actual mental health services, but we always hope that it helps on whatever journey you're on. So if you're wondering, what are we going to do if we're not going to answer a question that we send in to you? I've been hot on these Psychology Today articles. Sometimes they really miss the mark, but sometimes there's just a lot of good ones. And I found one that I just thought was interesting and I thought we could go over together and might actually help some of you guys more than me answering a question today. So we're going to do that. The article that I found is called The 10 Common Beliefs That Could Be Holding You Back at Work and it is written by Bruce Tuglin. And what we're going to do is I'm going to go through all the 10 beliefs and we're going to talk about them a little bit. And you might not relate to all of these, so don't discount the whole thing if they don't all feel like they fit. Some of these I related to more than others, and because of all of our work environments being different, some of them just might not apply at all to you, and some of them might really apply. So we're going to go through them and just notice if something really sticks out and bothers you. A lot of times, they say this when, when you're looking at the Enneagram, the one that you actually probably are, your number is usually the one that you feel like, ugh, ugh, I hate that the most towards because you relate to it the most and you might be hitting on some things you don't necessarily love about yourself. And so I think some of, that, of this kind of stuff, when something's like, oh, no, I, mm, no, that, that I can't, they're wrong. It's because there's something that's, it, it is hitting in you and maybe a belief that you don't want to let go of because it's serving you in some way. So just notice that as we go along. Okay, so number one, 
If you are a high performer, your boss shouldn't tell you how to do your job. And in the article, they write, everybody needs guidance, direction, and support to succeed, which I think we should and can all agree on. And a good point they made here was think about professional athletes and they don't stop training with coaches when they make the team, which, right, they continue to need some guidance and direction to grow in the sport. I personally love this one. It touches on that line of, you know, so you hear so many times people talking about their boss being micromanaging. And sometimes I think we use that term too loosely. And are they really a micromanager or are they just doing their job as a leader and you just might have issues with authority? You might have issues with being told what to do. You might have issues with being flexible in how you want to do things. And those are things for you to work on. It's not a death sentence to you as an employee or a human being, um, but there are things to work on. And so rather than labeling my boss as a micromanager, could I look at something that I actually do have control over? And that is how I handle these things that could be somewhat triggers from something else. And can I focus on that versus being mad that my boss is trying to teach me how to do something when a lot of times that really might be their job. Number two, to be creative at work, you need to be left alone to do things your own way. This one feels so harsh and I get how that can come up, but it feels very stubborn and it feels very individualistic versus I'm working for the betterment of the mission, for the mission of the group that I'm working for. You can still be creative within confines of rules, regulations, policies at an organization. We can't always have things our way. This this sentence just feels like kind of like a, almost like a kindergarten kindergarten or temper tantrum, you know? I have to be left alone to do things my way. It's like, well, that's not always necessary. So what do you need to be able to be creative within the regulations and the rules in the environment that you, we are in right now? Number three, if someone else is getting special treatment, you should too. And in the article, I'm going to read something just from the article. And it says, put it this way, treating everybody the same regardless of their performance is totally unfair. If someone else is getting special treatment you desire or you feel you could deserve, figure out exactly what that person did to earn that special treatment. And this actually made me think about siblings and fairness and all of that. And I feel like I grew up in a household where my parents really tried hard to make everything fair. And in the reality, as an adult, I can look back and see, well, it's not always fair to treat everybody the same. And an example of that is the other weekend, Mother's Day came around and we all went to my parents' house and my mom bought my sister a Mother's Day gift. She did not buy me one. My sister is a mother and I am not. So should I be mad that I didn't get a gift because she bought my sister something and not me? I am sitting on the side of, no, that wouldn't really wouldn't make any sense and really wouldn't be justified. Now, I can be sad that I didn't get something and I can be sad that I'm not a mother if, if that were a thing that bothered me, but it's not really a justified experience to be mad at my mom for getting my sister a gift for something that applies to her and not me. It kind of would defeat the purpose of buying the gift in the first place, you know? Number four, the path to success is catering to your boss's style and preferences. Now, this one is kind of confusing in this grouping because of the other ones that are saying, you can't always have it your own way and you need to take guidance from your boss. But it is saying something different. You don't always have to do things the way that your boss has and and wants to do them within reason. I think the issue here is not allowing yourself to ask for what you need. And 
you should be able to ask for the space that you need. You should be able to ask for the direction you need. Not in unrealistic, like I have to have everything my own way or I can't do my job, but you should be able to meet with your boss and say, hey, this is the way that you do things. This really works well for me. I'm wondering if we could meet in the middle some way, somehow, versus just doing whatever they tell you to do without any question, without any feedback, without anything. And this actually makes me think about um, when I worked at a treatment center a long time ago. I've talked about this a couple times, but one of the therapists I work with worked there since it was opened he was above me. He wasn't my boss, but he was higher than me. So I took a lot of direction from him. And whenever we would come up with new ideas or I would give feedback or I would have some something I wanted to do, he'd always, he would say, and was known for saying, well, we've been doing it this way for 15 years. And change is hard. I get that. And I get that's why part of why that was a sentence that was such a staple for him. But at the same time, the stubbornness of we have to do it this way because it's the way I've done it for 15 years if that were just to be the end of that story, we all would have missed out on a lot of really great opportunities for us all to grow and for us to help our clients grow. So there needs to be space for flexibility. Number five, making friends with your boss is smart workplace politics. And I have a lot of feelings about this one. I work in a different environment than I think a lot of these beliefs are coming from just because I am my boss and I have a very small team. Our relationships are just different, I think, than a lot of more like corporate kind of working relationships. But I do have a lot of feelings about this one because it can make things really difficult and it can actually make things a lot better if you're friends with your boss or if you're not friends with your boss. And it really depends on your environment. What I wouldn't do is fake a friendship in order to get what you want that a lot of times can backfire. It can suck a lot of your emotional energy. It can create a really toxic environment for yourself to have to go in and fake something just to move to the top. That's not going to feel very good internally. Um, And you can have a positive work experience without being BFF with your boss. And I think it's fair to say some places it's best to keep those relationships professional. Number six, avoiding mistakes and problems until necessary is a good way to avoid hangups in productivity. Huh, okay. I don't really get this one. Uh, well, I mean, I get it as a belief that's holding you back. I don't get this as like, yeah, if I just get to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, then I, I might get to the end faster. But that bump that I just skipped over have, might have made a ripple effect in all of the things that I've created. So at some point, it's going to actually really slow down your productivity if we are ignoring problems and waiting till the end to go back and fix them. Now, I'm somebody who likes to avoid discomfort. So I can see myself, oh, I'm not going to touch that or I'm not going to get back to that. I'm not going to go back to that thing because that is uncomfortable. It's hard. It's difficult. And I just, I want to keep going on this track. However, it is our avoidance of issues, whether they're feelings or circumstances that ends up perpetuating our problems, not actually making them better. The avoidance of a problem doesn't make it go away. It actually just either shoves it somewhere it doesn't belong or it blows up somewhere else. You're going to end up finding it somewhere. And a lot of times it's going to be a lot bigger the longer we wait to go back and address it. Number seven, no news is good news, but being coached on your performance is bad news. I would rather be encouraged to improve versus being ignored or feel like I'm getting by unseen. 
And I get that, like, no news is good news. Sometimes that really does apply. <laughs> I get that of like, oh, okay, so they're not, I'm not doing anything wrong. And so if you're being coached, it means that you're doing something wrong. But a lot of times that looks more like, oh, I can see how I can elevate you even more. So I'm going to give you this tip or I'm going to give you this feedback to elevate you so you actually can reach a higher potential that I see that you have versus I'm going to criticize you and berate you and critique you in a negative way. Now, a lot of times it is difficult to receive that feedback, one, because it's not given very well, and that's a whole nother thing. But if we receive all coaching and all critiques as just this like mean-spirited criticism that a lot of times if it's not being said as criticism that's one thing if it is but if it's not if it's given like healthy feedback and communication constructive feedback that's really hitting on something within us right so what makes it difficult to hear that I didn't do this thing perfectly what makes it difficult to hear that I have room to improve and why is there this icky feeling that if I have room to improve that means that something bad if you're an Enneagram one you might be like oh yeah that would be like the worst Number eight, if your boss doesn't like to read paperwork, you don't need to keep track of your performance in writing. And ooh, this one scares me. I would keep everything you can in writing. And I say this because most of the people who end up needing that paperwork or that paper trail or whatever that is, don't ever go into experiences assuming that they're going to need it. They do it for just in case and they end up needing it. And they're like, oh, phew, glad I did this. And so if that has the opportunity to never hurt you, but only help you, why wouldn't we do that? Number nine, if you are not a people person, you'll have a hard time getting ahead in the workplace. I just kind of hate this because I get it. It's one of the reasons I hate it. I get it. A lot of times it's like, I'm a people person. I have people skills. I'm good at communication. I have this, that, that I love being around. And that makes you a good employee or somebody that can achieve or, you know, the charisma might exude an ability that might be very equal to somebody that doesn't have that same amount of charisma. And the reason I hate this is because if you're not a people person, it doesn't mean you don't have strengths, right? And so could we just use those more? If I succumb to this, well, I'm not a people person, so I'll never make it there. I'll never be able to do that. What you're going to do is just create this cycle of self-fulfilling prophecies. So I might not be a people person, but what am I? And the last one, number 10, some bosses are just too busy to meet with you. And here's the thing. I actually think that's true. Some bosses are too busy to meet with you, but it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it right. And so I would say that's poor leadership. And it doesn't mean that your boss is a poor leader. They might be stretched too thin, but somewhere along the line, there is some poor leadership and the structure is off. And so if my boss can't meet with me regularly and give me the feedback and the support that I need to do my job, well, I would actually request to meet with them just to talk about that because having guidance and feedback from your boss and feeling supported is not asking for too much in my little old opinion. So those are the 10 common beliefs that could be holding you back at work. If you relate to some of them, I hope this was helpful. If you don't relate to any of them, I hope that this was just entertaining for you. <laughs> if you guys have any questions or feedback, you can send those to Catherine at UniTherapyPodcast.com. I will be back to the regularly scheduled programming of answering your questions next Wednesday. And I'll be nice and refreshed because I am going to the beach this weekend. And hopefully... We have really good weather. It looks like we will because last year when we went to the beach, it rained like every day and I actually got caught. Oh my gosh, it was awful, but it was also great. We got caught on the beach in this thunderstorm 
And we at first thought it was me and my fiance, Patrick, but we had just started. We'd only been dating for like three or four months. Really good bonding. We at first thought it would just like blow by. And so we we're like, oh, just stay here. Let's sit under the umbrella. What well, didn't? So we're under this umbrella for an hour. And at this point, if we leave, everything's going to get soaked and ruined that we have with us because we can't run to a shelter fast enough. And so then the storm stopped. Then we were like, okay, this is great. Then 30 minutes it came back. We had to go through the whole thing again. It was just, you know, a fun day under an umbrella, holding on to all of our things for dear life and just bonding in a new relationship. So hopefully we have better weather this week. And I hope whatever you guys are doing on your holiday weekend is what you need to be doing as well, because you know, I hope you guys are having the day you need to have. And I will talk to you guys again on Monday. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.